Howdy there, my fellow distanced fellas. I'm Peyton Zignago here with COVID Operation to bring you your daily dose of cheer. It's Wednesday, my dudes. Notice how I didn't say hump day this time? Okay, well, I just said it there, but that doesn't count, right? You know what? Uh, Never mind. It's Wednesday, my dudes, and I mixed it up like I promised I would. And boy, oh boy, we got stuff to cover today. Today, we have our professional interview. I know you're all excited for this segment. Today, we are interviewing Jessica Mraz, a voice actress and regular film actress. So she is a double whammy or a double threat. Either way, she has combined two worlds together and has information to share about both of them. So, without further ado, I will throw it to Peyton in the studio because it's exciting and we should jump right into it. Take it away, Peyton. Thanks, Peyton. I'm here today in my Zoom studio with a talented voice actress who can not only voice over in English, but Italian and Spanish as well. It's Twin Cities-based Jessica Mraz. Thank you so much for being here today, Jessica. So, uh, to start, I think I want to start at the your career's beginning. So what made you decide you wanted to be a voiceover artist and actress? Well, hi, Peyton. Thank you for having me. It's really great to to meet you and to be here today. I, I had tried to get into voiceover years ago when I lived in Miami. I was there for a decade and I never could find proper coaching. So in 2008, I moved back to Minneapolis And it took me another eight years to find a proper coach. And then I got started in it, but I had already done some work Mm -hmm. and contacted to do a big voiceover gig in Italian for a company called Aveda, the cosmetic and salon industry. And they were opening up some concept spas in Italy. And so they asked me to do it and I auditioned and I got the role. And after that, I thought, well, if I can do that with almost no training, then I'm going to get some training and do this professionally. And, and I did. Oh, awesome. <laughs> so speaking of Italian, you have also lived in a whole bunch of different places and you have studied Italian and Spanish literature and the language, was that originally linked to wanting to be a voice actress or was that separate? No, um, it started in college. I was never really that great at school. And then um, when I started university a long time ago, I thought, well, I know I have to have a foreign language to graduate with a CLA degree. And so I thought I'll study Spanish because it's gonna be easy and all of that. And I already know Spanish from growing up. Well. A friend of mine said, you should study Italian. And I thought, oh, well, I want to study Greek. And she said, no, study Italian because it's, it's got the same language, you know, the same alphabet. I started studying Italian and I found out that I was actually kind of good at it. So a year later, I found myself in Italy and I was going off to study every day. And I lived there for a year and then I went back for another year. And yeah, it's not directly linked, but it really does help because I can now do voiceover in a few different languages, and I think it just developed me more as a person and more of my personality. Mm-hmm. Then would you recommend to someone who's an aspiring voice actor to, to do the same and to learn multiple languages? I guess I wouldn't discourage them from doing that. I would say that they should do things that they're passionate about that they think will make them more interesting as a person. So if they're great at volleyball, then they should do that. And if they're really good at playing the flute or the violin, that's great too, because as an actor, any kind of an actor, it's important to have other interests and hobbies that make you an interesting person to listen to and to see on camera. And for voiceover, if you're able to do different languages, obviously then you reach different audiences. So 
yeah, it's a good idea, but not necessary to do voiceover. Yeah. So now going back to your personal work, how did you work to develop your skills and, and what would you say your voiceover training was like? Well, I started training with a few different coaches and I used to go to weekend seminars and expos and I would work with all different types of coaches. And then I just realized that every single one of them had a different story and a different path and that I had to find out what worked best for me. And I was so passionate about it that I just started practicing and doing different takes on voiceover. And there's so many different types of voiceover. So if I was doing commercial broadcast, I would try to figure out who I was talking to and who I was, and then to just be that person while not losing my own personality in it. So it didn't sound fake, right? I just practiced every day. And I used to do it right before I would go to sleep at night and I would practice again. It really seemed to work for me. I, I got an agent fairly quickly in my career. Oh, nice. So then how do you prepare for work and to go in to record? Well, it's always great if I can get the script ahead of time. Voiceover, you are always reading. You're reading the script. And so you don't need to memorize anything. But it's good to go over the script and look for the words that you want to highlight, the words that need inflection, understand what they're looking for in the script in terms of tone, in terms of pacing, try to figure out who you'd be talking to, the audience. And then I usually go over it a few times if I get it ahead of time. It depends on what type of voiceover it is. And then right before I go in to the booth, before I'm going to record, I work on a different script that's completely different. And I laugh into the mirror to bring up brightness in my voice. I drink a lot of water beforehand. And the day before, I avoid any type of wine or, or any type of dairy because it's really bad for your vocal cords. So those are some things that I do to prepare. But sometimes I don't have any time. I just get sent in to do work that I haven't even auditioned for. Say I'm picked because of my demo or because somebody knows me and I'm sent in to do something in Spanish. I don't really have any time to prepare. I'm given the script and they say, okay, I get in the booth and you just really have to not wing it, but just do your best. So if if you had been given the script previously and were given a role that you had a little bit of time to think about ahead of time, what would your process look like for, for getting ready for that role? It would depend. So if it were a narration piece, which is more like an industrial, say something for tech company, and it was very, I wouldn't say dry, but very serious, I would really go over all the words that I didn't know how to pronounce. I would warm up my mouth with different tongue twisters that I that I have learned and practiced and warm up my vocal cords by singing a little bit. And then I go in and I look at all the words that I don't know how to pronounce and I ask about them. So if it's pseudoephedrine, I want to know how they want it pronounced and how the client wants to pronounce is how I'm going to pronounce it. And then I just go over any sentences that are very long and I say them to myself many, many times, as many times as I can, um, so that I'm not tripping over the words. And then I do my best. If it's a commercial broadcast, I just really look at what the specs are. And for something upbeat, then I think about how would I feel if I were upbeat? I just go and I do it that way. Now, when you're in the booth and recording, what's the atmosphere like? It depends on what type of booking it is. Um, I've done a lot of children's audiobooks. In that case, it's usually me, the engineer, and maybe the author or rights holder, and they're listening. And it can be a little nerve-wracking to have the author sitting there staring at you while you're doing the work and reading their work. But 
it's also really great to see them smiling. That's like the easiest atmosphere. Or if it's just you and the engineer, it can be really calm and peaceful and not very difficult. As far as atmosphere in, in terms of nervousness, if it's a commercial broadcast gig and there are a ton of people in the room looking at me through the glass, pacing around in suits and maybe unhappy with how things are going or just nervous or talking amongst themselves, I can hear them saying things about my read. I just try to remember that they picked me. I'm going to do a really great job and that I've done this before and I just really listen to what they're asking for. And I remember that I'm there to solve their problem and give them the read that they want. And if they could do it themselves, they would. And that may give them a feeling of powerlessness. So I always want to remain very confident in front of them so that they don't think that I'm nervous because if they think I'm nervous, then they're going to get more nervous and it's just a snowball effect. <laughs> I just remember that that they like me and that they want me to do a good job and that it's not a test. So now moving forward, what was your transition like when you were going from, from doing your voiceover and commercial work to then moving into the realm of film? It was, it's interesting because when I first started in voiceover with my first agent, they had asked me, okay, w- would you like to do on-camera work as well? And it never really occurred to me to do on-camera work. I didn't understand even that much that they were looking for regular looking people like me, not supermodels for commercials. And so it was interesting that they would pick me. And so I started to do on camera work and commercials and I took some classes and it, it was difficult for me at first because I didn't recognize myself. Mm-hmm. I didn't know my own facial expressions. So obviously I knew what I looked like, but I thought, wow, why am I holding my eyes that way? Or is that what I really look like? Wow. Okay. You know, I didn't recognize a lot of stuff that other people recognize me by. Even my voice seemed different to me. Once I got used to seeing myself on film and on camera and I started working on camera, then I thought, well, I'll get into film. And so it seemed like an easy transition. I just started auditioning for student films. And then my first big feature was with Cole Meyer and H.D. Altman. Mm-hmm. And it was a, a film that hopefully will be released soon called Chase. I had a very small part in the beginning. And then the day of the shoot phone call and I thought oh no it's the producer and the the director and everything he's going to cancel on me and he actually bumped me up to a bigger role a speaking role and I took it and I was able to do it and I had several more scenes and it was really great so that was that was my first and then I transitioned into bigger roles since then well what would you say your favorite part is about about film there are a few parts it's really understanding that you can absolutely love being on set with someone and absolutely adore them on set. And then like your scene partner can be the best partner in the world, but you may not have that much in common with them offset and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Or you may just not really feel 100% comfortable all of the time with the role, but you dig deep inside of yourself and you, you find that part of you that, the director saw when you auditioned and you keep remembering that that part of you that is the character will always be there and that you can draw on that anytime. I really love being on set and slipping into the character and being really instinctive or instinctual, however you want to say it, and just responding to the other actor rather than trying to do it right or trying to be a good actor. I really just respond in a really authentic way. And so it comes out 
natural and it's fun and I really get lost in the moment and it's a beautiful experience. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I experienced in a very deep way in my recent role in the feature film, The Hunter by Alexander Pete Gutterman. I received a lead role um, as the woman. At first I thought, how will I relate to this woman? She's so incredibly different from me and I feel like I'm judging her and I'm not even sure if I like her that much. Through my work and my conversations all last summer with Alexander Pete Gutterman, I was able to see that he saw part of her and me and that that was the beauty of it. And it was so wonderful to become that character and, and push myself in that way and really dig deep into being this woman who in society was somewhat of an outcast, right? So that was really wonderful for me. And, and now I have another film coming up that I'm excited about. So there's a lot of good things happening. That's great. What sort of tips would you give to anyone looking to follow a similar career path, be it voiceover or maybe going into film work? It's interesting. Um, I had someone reach out to me this morning and say, hey, I see you do a lot of voiceover. I'm wondering if maybe I could get into it, but I don't want to throw away a lot of money. And I'm kind of thinking that it would be a good way to make extra money. And I thought, don't do it. (laughs) So I would say that if you're interested in this career path, do it because you love it and because you really want to do all of the things that are difficult that come along with it. All the little, especially for voiceover, practicing all of the skills that you need to have in order to act and advertise at the same time. So for commercial broadcast, you have to act like you're talking to a friend and then suddenly be like, and you know what? New Duncan shot in the dark espresso, you know, in three flavors, right? You have to be able to talk about that (laughs) and and make it sound casual and conversational. Mm -hmm. If you're on stage, you're not going to be advertising anything. So for voiceover, a big part of it is commercial broadcast. There's also narration, which is different, but you need to sound very clinical and the voice of reason. And then there's so much in voiceover. It's not just voicing audiobooks or doing commercials on the radio. You have to figure out what you really want to do. And then you have to realize that it's going to take a while to get there. And if you don't love it and you don't love practicing every day, you shouldn't do it. And it's not a quick way to make money. (laughs) not a side job or a hobby. And I'm not insulted when people ask me that, like, because they don't know, you know, but it, it's not like gardening. Gardening is great. Gardening is wonderful. But if you do it right, you're going to get lots of flowers and plants. With voiceover, it's highly competitive and you have to really believe in yourself and work really hard at your craft. And then also imagine what you want to happen for yourself. I think visualization is really big. As far as tips, I would say find a good coach that really builds you up and that doesn't always make it seem like you're really lucky to be in the room with that person or, you know, well, look, you're just starting out. Nobody should be crushing you and nobody should be interrupting you on mic. Nobody should be telling you that you're almost there for two years. It shouldn't take that long. You know, within a few months of training, you should be off on your own. You should be recording a demo. You should be looking for work. Any coach should really understand that they need to let you be free after you're done with the training and not hold on to you for a year. You know, I get people out there and I try to get them working as soon as possible because I'm also a coach and I love it. So now where, where can we find your work? Do you have anything coming up? And I've mentioned a few things. Sure. Wonderful. Yeah. So in terms of film, like, like I said, the feature film Chased uh, should be released perhaps this summer. And 
I know that Hunter is in post-production right now. I'm hoping that it will be released within a year. It could be sooner. It could be later. I'm very excited about that. It has a huge distribution. And then I also have just been cast in another film in a really fun role as a radio DJ. And it's a wonderful film by Cole Meyer, also the director of Chase. And he has cast me as Dixie Rich. Um, and so this is the uh, film called The Ballad of Travis Hunter. And I'm very excited and hoping that the filming will start sometime this summer. Oh, that's great. Where can we find you and your work? Oh, sure. Um, well, you can contact me on Facebook. We can be friends. My name is Jessica Moraz. As you know, I also have a website that was designed by one of my voiceover talent and students, Jenna Yarn, who's excellent and wonderful and very, very bright and very talented. And she designed a website for me and it's my name, jessicamross.com. And you can reach out to me anytime. If you are interested in beginning VO, I should be starting some beginner classes in June in person. And right now I'm working with advanced talent virtually during the pandemic. Okay, fantastic. So that's all I've got. Uh, thank you so much for being here and uh, being on the show. Thank you so much. And if you're interested in working with me for voiceover, please contact my agent, Laura Johnson at NUT. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Back to you, Peyton. Oh, thanks, Peyton. We're back now. I hope you enjoyed that interview. Jessica Mraz was very great to talk to, and I enjoyed it a lot. So thank you so much to her for being on the show. You can go and check out her website, and hey, she's got some films coming up too, so look out for those. Right, well, that is all the time we've got together today. Um, I know it's been a bit short with me, but I talked a lot the past few days, so you're getting a break. <laughs> Lucky you. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed. Um, as always, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, ask them loud, ask them proud, ask them in my email inbox at Peyton, P-Y-T-O-N, at storyarkark.org. I look forward to hearing from you. And that is all. Tapioca, do you have anything to add? <coughs> ah, wonderful. Thank you, Tappy. Well, I'll leave you with that. So thank you so much for tuning in. I've been Peyton Zignego. This has been COVID Operation. Stay safe out there. I'll see you tomorrow. Peyton and Tapioca, over and out.